Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. episode today because I know so many of us, we, you wake up one day and you're like, man, I have this vice or I've been like drinking or I have been like doing this certain thing in excess. And I didn't even realize that I was, I didn't even realize that what was once a fun little habit and fun way to like, you know, just enjoy life and kind of accentuate life has now become something that's taken over my life. And I am no longer, it's no longer serving me. I am not happy with the way my life is with this particular substance or addiction or whatever it is that has taken too large of a role in your life. It, it There comes a point for some people, some people never hit this point, but there comes a point where you're like, you know what, this is not serving me and I want to make a change. But the problem is, when you want to make a change and you've been living your life a certain way for a really long time and a certain kind of lifestyle, Making a big change where you remove something, let's say alcohol, out of it, it can be scary. It can be intimidating. It can make you feel like you don't know who you are anymore, how to exist in social settings anymore, how to exist with your old friends anymore, how to even exist with your own life. Like sometimes you have to get to know yourself because we're, I'm talking to Kate Madry today. She is a host, actor, comedian, and sober now for over two years. And she is here to share this because you are in the heart of the entertainment industry. You are in the heart of alcohol being at the center of pretty much everything in the entertainment industry. And I also am in in the country music industry and it's the same thing. It's glorified. It's a part of everything. It's celebration. It's every country song is written about getting drunk. You know, every, every movie people are getting hammered. I mean, it's just like, it is our culture. So when you take alcohol out of your life, it can be really scary, but you have done that. You have taken it out of your life. And I was telling Kate, my husband and I are recently almost one year sober on October 8th. And it has been so amazing, but it is such a lifestyle change and a mental mindset change. And I am just so excited to talk to you about your journey, how you got here, why you got here and the struggles that you've had getting here. And then also the payoff, like why it's worth it and what has been so amazing about making this choice. So welcome, Kate. Hi. Oh my gosh. What a fantastic rundown. I love all of that. It's so true. Wow. Well, Let's just start with the fact that like, yeah, it's a struggle. It's hard. So you touched on a really good point, which is that a lot of people never get to the places that we've had painted in movies or in songs of hitting rock bottom and blowing your life up. And that's great. And I think it's important to like know that 
one, there's a good chance that you're not going to get there. And two, kind of the evolution of that thought for me was I don't have to get there in order to step away. I don't need to blow up my life in order to become sober, a non-drinker, however you feel like identifying. And I love that. Catch it before your life blows up. Like why not like check for some warning signs and go ahead and like not get to the freaking explosion. Yeah, exactly. Like if you hear that tick, 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 and that tick sounds different for everyone of that bomb that's about to blow. For me in my life, I just felt so unhappy. I wasn't feeling like I had anything, anything that was good in my life. I feel like I was letting it expire because I was so absent and numb for the majority of it. And there's alcoholism in my family and there are people with substance abuse or disuse order. And it had never really been like um, labeled, handled, even really spoken about. Like in my family, you had a big fight the night before you woke up the next day and you went to your mom's friend's house and you you listened while they talked about how great everything was you know just kind of like like putting everything under the rug brushing it under the rug sweep it sweep it under the rug redo the floors if you have to bury it deep like whatever you got to do to just keep it all pretty and but you know what I feel like that's sort of like the past generation a little bit because I feel like I can feel such a difference with like mental health and really checking ourselves and checking our habits and checking our lifestyle. Like that is so much more present in like our generation, because I feel like even our parents' generation, like to go to therapy, to unearth all these things that like, we're like put sweeping under the rug. It just wasn't the thing. It, I mean, I feel like, okay. do you feel like because I'm rabbit trailing? And one of the things my listeners always tell me is they're like, stop interrupting your guests. Okay. So I want you to get back on track. <laughs> But I wonder if your life has affected your families and like you making this change, if it's allowed them to step up. Okay, but go ahead. Yeah. So it's like, yes, we're good question. It's one that's a perfect question. And I'll circle back to what I was saying. But like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's something I talk about in therapy sometimes. I'm like, oh, my gosh, is my change going to like impact me family like in like a good way? But look. I didn't make my change to try to impact people that I felt could benefit from it. I really just focused on me. And that's really like the first tip that I could give to anybody out there who's listening is like, be selfish with this. You are absolutely 100% allowed to be selfish with your choice to like become a non-drinker. And look, the, the fact is, is that like when I was thinking about not drinking, and I think a fear that a lot of people have, especially when you're like, I'm a 20-something-year-old. I had a social life. I had a friend group. I had uh, clubs and bars and dinners and drinks. And that was my anchor of my social life was drinking, as is everybody's. But I think one of the fears is that, you know, you're going to lose these friendships and these dynamics that you have. And, And I think it's like, okay to do that in order to like look further in. You have to say no to other people to say yes to yourself. Mm. And that's like really okay to do. Um, So, yeah, but then I guess, okay, now I'll wind back (laughs) into what I was saying of I actually don't even know what I was saying. You were talking about, (laughs) yeah, you were talking about your family and how like you, everything was swept under the rug. Like there'd be a big fight. Yes. Like if people were, I don't know if that was involving drinking or whatever, but like, you just kind of didn't acknowledge it the next day. You just sort of like, yes, go back into life, hang out and everything's great. And we got our rose colored glasses on tight. We are rocking. Yep. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that's exactly true. And that's kind of how I learned to deal with my, uh, lack of control with alcohol of like, I'd wake up, I'd be hung over one first I'd throw shame really hard at the wall and the wall is like the inner wall of myself shame guilt remorse uh what would you say what would your shame be negative like how could you do that why did you do that why would you get that way why would you say that why would you let that guy smack your butt like why would you do all these things that you feel icky so icky in the morning about um but in the moment you have nothing because hello you're intoxicated um, they call and it then do you have, for a reason. Do you, know, you have ang- 
you're wasted. Do you have anxiety about what you said? Like, do you like, like memory like lapses, like, or you can't remember who you talked to, what you said? Did you say something like, did you divulge something that you weren't supposed to say? Did you talk about something in a way that you regret? You know, it's like all that regret. Yep. See all of the above, all of it on a constant. And I couldn't, I would try to put boundaries up. Um, like, okay, if I'm going to go out tonight, I'm only going to have like two drinks. Uh-huh. Okay. It never happened. Or the two drinks that I had were like a triple. Okay. Well, that's technically, I guess, only two drinks, but that's still six shots of alcohol, girl. And then guess what? A beer doesn't count. Like there were just so many red flags, those tickings that I heard where I had enough experience in my immediate family or my ex, you know, my family further out where I knew that these were all red flags of you're gonna explode at some point. This isn't a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. But where I was sitting is that I, I, I didn't want to kind of admit that I was the ticking because I wanted it to be different. So I was like, oh, this ticking is just like a metronome. Like I just got rhythm in my life, right? Like I'm reframing the way all these red flags. Nah, it's fuchsia. It's fuchsia. That's not red. That's fuchsia. And it's really in right now. I love a fuchsia flag. Yes. Like, how could I reframe it to make it seem like it was? And also, you're probably like, you're probably like, I'm not really doing anything bad. I'm not like, I don't know if you were, but like, you know, I don't have like major regrets. I'm just going out. I'm just partying. I'm just like having fun living my life. Like, I'm not causing harm to myself or others. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think that. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to what I was saying, like these rock bottoms that we see or that we hear in like songs and on TV of just like thinking that until I get to that point, then I don't need to address it. Mm, mm. And the sad truth is that even if we go back to like a generational point of view, I think that's how a lot of the older generations have thought. It's how they've been taught. You need to manage this relationship and you need to keep working at it literally like a toxic lover like an abusive relationship until you have a broken bone and until it's like so bad that people are asking you about it to your face, you need to stay trying to make this relationship work. That's the mindset we've had. Let's keep our toxic lover. Let's just keep, let's just do what we need to make sure it's okay. Yes. Until it's so bad that other people are like, what in the actual F? Exactly. To say that we're in a relationship because really the relationship status that everybody wants to have with alcohol is that they're dating. You don't really want to be married to it because then it's a problem. You don't want to be in an abusive relationship. You just want to be dating. You want to be flirty and fun with booze. And the the thing is, is that for most people that doesn't work out. It doesn't. And it's okay if it doesn't. It's not a you thing. And that's another thing. Like when I was first really considering the idea of becoming sober. I read Holly Whitaker's book, How to Quit Like a Woman. And well, it's just called Quit Like a Woman, not How to Quit Like a Woman. But gosh, she made so many good points just from a scientific point of view, but really just getting down. Like I had never read or had anybody tell me because I listened to the audiobook because I like can't focus enough to read. But so I literally like heard her voice say like, you're not the problem. The problem is the alcohol. And once you like realize and accept that, like stop putting all the responsibility on yourself. It's an addictive substance. It's just legal. Like it is literally just marketed really well. There's really nothing healthy about it. There's no health benefits, like really breaking it down. And I think for me, that was the first really big time where I was like, oh, Wow, I'd never thought about it like that because I wanted to be dating. You what know, was the I name? Wanted of, to be dating those. What was the name of this book? Quit Like a Woman by Holly Whitaker. And I also Holly read Whitaker. Alan yes, it's so good. I think you'd really enjoy it. I mean, even though you've been you're coming up on a year, mm-hmm. which is like congrats. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Absolutely. There's another I'm book actually, my husband read too that I don't remember what it's called, but it's so good. It changed his life. Okay, but what's the other book you said you had? I also read Alan Carr's The Easy Way to Quit Drinking Without Willpower. And that was uh, pivotal in the way that I reframed alcohol. And he, Alan Carr, like wrote a book about uh, 
how to quit smoking and everybody like raved that's about the one it. this is the one that my husband read because it's like the easy way to control alcohol it's called alan yes. carr the easy way to control alcohol because it lets yes. you know that it's not like you said it's not you this is alcohol and like you think that you need alcohol to be the fun guy to have this charisma to put yourself out there but really you wake up and that's what gave you all the anxiety because you don't know what you said you feel like you have to rely on this thing yes Yes. Even like what I, I mentioned earlier, like it's called wasted for a reason. And and I read it from that book where it was like, I want you to like, think of all the adjectives you use to describe yourself when you drink as much as you do wasted, you know, intoxicated. Now I really want you to think about those words. Like what is wasted? You're not usable. You're wasted. And why would you want to spend any of your life with it wasted? And it, it just, I get goosebumps because May, you know, that resonated for me. And I don't know if that'll resonate for anybody listening and for you. But I think if you just start looking for those little moments, if you're curious, and if you're like, I'm actually open to my perspective changing. Wow. I, now I can't picture a life wasted. I can't picture a life intoxicated. And I used to literally operate from the place of how do I get there? Or how do I recover to get there again? And it's just absolutely insane. I know you're in your first year. I'm coming up on um, my second year, actually. I think second year. I, it had said over two years, but it's coming up on my second year, November 28th. And Congratulations. Thank you. And my um, my the first year, and I'm curious to know with you and your husband, I, I mean, you can't speak for your husband, but for you two as a couple, because I also got sober with my girlfriend at the same time. She's 10 days after me. And having a spouse in that first year was so helpful. Um, but it was also like real, it was a new dance because holy moly, the feelings you feel, it is Dr. Sue should write a sober book. Places you go, the feelings you feel. Because wow, did you feel that way too? Like, were you just on feeling overload? <clears throat> so, for me, and I would love to talk to you about how you navigate this because when we got sober, well, I, I, I think I told you before we started recording. I have always known I'm not a good drinker. Like, I'm really not a good drinker. And I want to talk to you about. I want to just say this out loud so I don't forget about the little tick, tick, ticks that you hear before the explosion, like what those are and how people should look for those. And I also want to talk to you about what you have experienced after your sobriety, like the, the parts of your personality that have you have met that you did not even know were there. I think that has been, and I know I'm, I'm not going to speak for my husband, but I've heard him say this. He has experienced parts of his personality that he had no idea were even there. Like all these new hobbies, all these new interests, like this work focus, like this amazing ability to pour into things that like he didn't even know he could. And I feel like I really gave up alcohol with him. We decided to do it together because it's never served me. I've never been good at drinking. I've always been the girl who like before I was married, I would get drunk to try to like hook up with guys. And then I would like yell at them for not falling in love with me. And like, I was like a kind of a crazy person. I used it to have like confidence, but then my confidence would turn into sheer, like absolute insanity. And so like, I was, I would always have remorse because I was too scared to like date or like put myself out there with guys. And so I would get drunk and then I would just like go into the psycho mode and try to make out with people or try to like know why, how we fought. It was terrible. Or I would like yell at people that I loved because I had all this like inner turmoil that would come out when I was drinking. And so like I knew from an early age that I was not good at this and I had already been trying to cut back. Like I had cut back a lot from drinking because I knew if I got drunk and I lost control of my emotions and mine, like I always had a regret always. And it was always like from being mean, like I would be like mean to someone or like yell at them or hurt someone's feelings or do something like try to make out with a guy or yell at him or something. And I was like, 
it was never positive. It was never a reflection of who I wanted to be. What I really wanted, I was desperate for love. I was desperate for someone to love me. I was desperate for someone to see me. And I didn't feel like I knew how to get my personality out. And so I was relying on alcohol to do that for me. And it never did it in the way that I wanted to because it was like a freaking freight train. And I, so I always had regret and always had a remorse. So I had already been trying to cut out alcohol from my life. And I cut back tremendously and I never really liked it. I never liked the taste of it. I hated doing shots. Like I don't like the, I can't drink too many beers. I get bloated. Like I just don't, it just, alcohol has been rejecting me my whole life. And I was like, no, 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 I want you. I need you. (laughs) So I was like trying to have this sexy relationship with alcohol and it is never sexy, like ever. And so when Michael was like, Hey, I'm ready to cut this out of my life. And he actually had like a, he had a sexy relationship with alcohol. He was like fun and charismatic. And like, he was like, he was never mean. He was charming, but then it just got, it just became too much. It just like, you know, it just grows and grows. And so he finally was like, listen, I'm done. And I was like, great. I am so ready to be done with trying to have a maintain a dance with alcohol. Like it's not yes. working for me anyway. So I was kind of already in the mindset of not having alcohol in my life because I'd been not, I already knew it was not a good fit for me. So I don't feel like I had to totally like relearn a lot because I already had like kind of taken it out. But being in a relationship with my husband and us doing this together, like we did, it was like a new dance with our relationship. It's a new dance with like, what do we do for fun? Cause we used to go to breweries and sit around and drink at breweries. Every time we were on tour, he's on the road on tour. We'd go find a cool brewery, sit around, like drink beers all day and then go to a fun yeah. bar afterwards and get cocktails and dance. And it's like every thing or have a barbecue and have people over and have a grill out just to drink beer all day. And it's just like, you know, learning how to going to shows, going to parties, having friends night dates, night, everything was centered around alcohol. So figuring out how to create a new lifestyle where you can still be in situations where people are drinking, but it's just not the focus, you know? It's like not, we're not not having this event or going to this thing so we can drink and party. It's like we're going because we're actually going to live. We're going to have an experience. We're going to like do something. It's made us so much more active. It's made us so much more adventurous. It's made us so much more (laughs) well-rested, you know? (laughs) How? But it, it has been a learning curve and there have been times where it's like, God, you know, like, am I fun? Did I I forget how to have fun? Like, you know? Totally. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 
So tell me about you and your experience, because that's us in a nutshell, but like what has happened with you in these almost two years with like, you're in the entertainment industry, you're an actress, you're a comedian, you are a host, like what, there's alcohol all over that stuff. What have yeah. you, what has life been like? And what has it been like with your girlfriend and like y'all like reinventing yourselves as a couple? Like what, tell me your journey. Like, cause that's what I feel like people are so afraid of is what we're talking about yeah. is like, who am I going to be? Can I do totally. life anymore? Will I lose all my friends? Will I lose myself? Okay. So what has your walk been like? And when was the moment when you knew the tick, tick, ticks? Okay, this is how I want to set this up. The tick, tick, ticks when you knew I've got to do this before the bomb explodes. And then what has it been like in this uncovering of the real you? Okay. So the tick, tick, ticks were my my girl, now girlfriend and I had been friends for like almost four years and all of our, I'd never dated a woman before. I was like curious, never really thought about it. We would drink, split a bottle of tequila when we'd hang out and we'd make out. And I was like, Ooh, this feels different. I love this. And eventually like through COVID and through everything, we started hanging out with each other more and more. And basically we fell in love over tequila and (laughs) that love is real and that tequila was real too, but it resulted in like not knowing really how I felt about a lot of things because I'd feel so sure in the moment because you're hammered. And then I'd wake up the next day with anxiety and did I say that and do I feel that? And just honestly, like kind of shaming myself for my own sexuality because I had never been introduced to it in like a sober sense. Like I had always been when I was drunk. And but I knew that I was in love, like, because it was a love that I had never felt before. And when we decided to go forward and like, start, you know, dating and and taking things slow, the alcohol was very much still, we were like a thruple with booze. Well, you need, you probably needed alcohol because you've never, you've never dated a girl before. You're stepping into territory that you're probably scared shitless to do because I'm sure like, even though you live in LA and you're very progressive there, I'm sure there's still like that internal like fight that you're fighting with. Like, I wasn't raised like this. This isn't right. Like I, you know, I'm not supposed to do this. Like, what are people going to say? All that stuff. You know, yeah, like how do I navigate telling my family what what is the response going to be? How do I handle it? And then I also like, honestly, more than that, I was like, wow, I don't want this friendship to like spoil because this isn't going to work out. And the chaos that ensued when drinking because of that insecurity was just like turbulent, like through and through. And so we were like building this relationship on really unstable ground. And I went to go meet her family over Thanksgiving and was like taking shots of tequila in the closet in the guest bedroom and letting the mom just pour, pour, pour rosé. I mean, rosé and tequila, awful mix. (laughs) Um, Whether you should be sober or not, like don't do it. (laughs) It's awful. And also that's something to notice too. It's like you're nervous. So you're doing a secret shot in the closet, but you can justify and say, this is nerves. This is nerves. This helps me. But those are those tick ticks. Like, it's like, if you have to go off to calm yourself down with alcohol, that is a red flag. It is totally a red flag. I think it's so much, it's like, um, the way that everything is marketed. Like even now I just saw a beer commercial. I don't even remember the company and I won't even shout them out, but like a beer commercial that literally put two people who were nervous about something looking at each other and then grabbing a beer together. But that's like the worst terrible way to say drink or terrible two people who just got dumped at dinner with the same beer company. Two people just got dumped at dinner. The people who dumped leave, they share eyes. Now they're having a beer together. It's just toxic awful it's, it's everywhere and the thing is it's everywhere in society alcohol it's like there's so many things that are actually good for you that are like marketed that people think are terrible in life but it's like the worst thing ever alcohol is glamorized in every situation even like when you have a baby toast to champagne uh-huh. when you get married you're toasting champagne when you're heartbroken you go get joe drink if you're feeling yeah. lonely, it's like every big moment in life it's like throw alcohol in with you yep do it to cope or do it to celebrate. And so like, but just do it <laughs> where I was just, just do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nike slogan for booze. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, 
And it does kind of feel like a Nike marathon. Like you're just constant. I mean, where I was at it, I felt like I just never, it was like a long game. Like you're tired and you run out, but you just grab another and you keep chugging along. And then you get your superpowers kick in and you're ready to rock again. Yes, yes, exactly. That runner's high was just like the tequila Uh shots, like doing what they, what they do, but. Anyways, you you put yourself, you take all of that knowledge of the marketing and it's always around and there's always a quote unquote solution to whatever problem. And Sarah and I got into a huge fight in the bathroom and her family heard it. And it was just like off. It was on Thanksgiving. It was awful, 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 awful over like the dumbest stuff. Like I look back and I'm like, oh, girl, that did not deserve like a kaboom. But that's what alcohol does. It's like it's all those tick, tick, ticks will lead up to like a different blowout boom. And for me, that fight was my boom. And I had other mini blowouts just internally or how I saw myself or just the anxiety that I was feeling that led up to make that that explosion the most impactful for me. But I woke up the next day so hungover, so embarrassed. And I just was like, I'm ruining anything good in my life because I'm so focused on escaping the parts of my life that I don't like. So I could either keep it up and like continue to blow up anything good or I can take a real shot at this. (laughs) No pun intended. No shot, (laughs) not taking a shot. And I can try to not be so absent and numb that I can create a life I actually want to be present for all the time. And so that's what I did. And it sounds so pretty and wrapped up and it took a long time to get there. Like I'm still trying to get there. I think you do as you learn more about yourself and you uncover more things. It's always a learning, but that was my tick, tick, tick. And I think for anybody who's listening, like the things that I look back on and I realize were my tick ticks that I didn't realize in the moment was like, one, I tried to make my drinking productive. So if I could make it entertaining, if I could get a beer or tequila shot and record a video while doing it, or think of jokes while I was doing it, if I tried to make my drinking productive, that was like one big tick for me. Um, Another thing is like the, and I really didn't realize it. And I'm sure you, you are too, like how you mentioned, you don't realize how many events in your life are completely revolving around drinking. Anything, anything exciting happens. It's like, let's grab a, let's grab a shot. Let's grab a drink. Let's go celebrate. And also though, I feel like for me and I'm okay. Once again, you're so right. Like I'm not going to speak for my husband, but I just know that as a couple, it is so easy to, when you hit something that feels stressful or like as a person from like, when you hit something, it feels stressful when you hit something that feel like that triggers you from something, you know, one of our limiting beliefs that we have like wrapped around our whole existence that we have to like buy into or something that triggers us. It's like, as soon as you get that feeling, that anxiety, that like, Oh my God, I, like this feeling is so heavy. It's like, Oh, let me have alcohol that will relieve it. You know, it's that instant relief of anything that boils up. That's that feels like it's uncomfortable. It's like, oh, I know what will fix that, alcohol. Yeah, it's numbing. It's numbing. And I think it's why it becomes really addictive. And I think it's why it becomes really, you can become super easily dependent on that numbing. And really like the misconception that I had when I would try, because I did try sobriety in small doses and I failed because really all of my, uh, well, I wouldn't say failed. I guess that's a hard way to look at it. This are, these are all things like I think about, you know, like how do you frame relapse, missteps, circle backs? It's a salsa. Like we said, two steps forward, one steps back. You're still dancing. As long as you're still mindful and you're still trying, if you're capable of trying, you're, you're capable of completing. So I just, when I was trying and not uh, at the result that I am today. When you are trying to get sober versus when you are sober. But I I will say too, 
for uh, me and Michael, like when we got sober, we knew like it wasn't like, oh, okay, let's just take a little break. Mm -hmm. Let's try to detox. Mm -hmm. Let me try to cut back. Let me try to let me try to balance this. Let me try to have control over my drinking. Let me, you know, like you said, let me do my two drink minimum. Like we've done that before all that. But like this time it was like, this is it. It is over. We are done. It is a line in the sand. Like the feeling, it was so done that it's like, if we don't, if we are not done with this, then I am choosing to let my life explode because I have chosen alcohol over having all the good things in my life anymore. Because it is, it was so apparent that like what was something that started off as fun and secretly you don't realize it. It was numbing to like, for me to like avoid my, when I would drink and get drunk and hammered, I wanted someone to love me. I wanted to be seen. I wanted to like be able to put myself out there. It was all for like love and to be validated, but it never translated like that. And so it's like, it's always for something you're doing it because Mm -hmm. you need alcohol to help you get somewhere, whether it's like get confidence, make yourself feel sick. Like you were talking about those beer commercials. Like Mm -hmm. you're feeling all nervous, get drunk. Now you can go flirt, you know, like whatever it is, or you're feeling nervous, like with this interview, take a shot and your nerves will go down. It's all you're using. We're using alcohol to cover something up. We're using alcohol because we don't feel like we can do it by ourselves or we're not good enough by ourselves or we're not funny enough by ourselves or we're not charismatic enough by ourselves or we can't like we won't be able to execute whatever we want to do. We're going to fail short. We're going to fall short because the alcohol is what's going to take us over the edge to really be able to land the deal. So then you get in the cycle. It's like, I have to have this or I can't, I can't show up and I can't be great. I can't sell when all that's a lie. But so it's like, once you know that it's a lie and once you see the destruction happening in your life and you have a moment like you had and like we've had, it's like, if you continue on knowing what you know that it will destroy your life because there comes a point when you realize it and you know it. And if you push on past that point, then you have, and I have friends in the music industry and friends in general who know who it's not fun anymore. It's not good anymore. It's now they're controlled by it. They have had the explosion, but they're still in it because they can't get sober because it's so freaking hard because it is a disease and it does wrap you up in its claws. I have, I see people's lives going down the drain. I have seen friends get divorced over alcohol, alcohol, because alcohol plays this huge role in their marriage that like it blows up the marriage, you know, because everything good is totally thrown away in these moments of drinking. And if that's happening all the time, like I have seen, people choose alcohol not choose be subject to the addiction of alcohol and I I see it ruining lives and like like you're saying like I know like that could have easily been us and if you get to the point where you know your life is going to be ruined by this it is you have to make the decision and it is the hardest decision ever and it it is it's choosing you it's being selfish it's rewiring your whole life but like otherwise you are going to blow your life up it's going to happen it's inevitable alcohol will ruin your life if it if it has grasped you in its claws like that it will take you down there is no other way yeah i agree i think that hmm. what i was thinking about when i totally lost my train of thought is like the Sorry, and i'm on a tangent <laughs> no i mean go go but the the part uh that i think is so like uh sneaky is the numbing part of alcohol because i think like what you just said it you could blow up your life and you can ruin all of these things and you stay on this toxic track long enough it'll happen but when you're numb to all of it you don't really care and i think that when I was, when my first goes with sobriety, like I'm going to do 30 days or I'm going to try to do a whole, like a six months or I'm going to try like a week. Cause like, I couldn't even do that at first. And it's okay if you can't too, because like you said, it's overwhelming and it's scary. And the reason for that is because you're not getting sober to stay numb. You're getting sober to lean into those feelings and to know how to manage it. You're ready to take control of that aspect of your life and not just shut it out. And I think that with that understanding and acceptance comes a smoother transition into making those choices. If you can know that you're going to feel a lot of feelings and you're going to have to label a lot of things and you're not going to have that bottle to numb it and stop it. And you're going to need to do a lot of work to figure out what works for you to numb it and stop it in a healthy way, like 
I just was talking to Jill Teets, who does Sober Powered, and she's so funny. She was like, the things that make you roll your eyes, the eye rolls. So you got to do the eye rolls. You got to do the like breath work. You got to do the like yoga. You got to do the running. You got to go on a walk. You got to read a book. You got to take a meditation. You got to do things that people roll their eyes at. But that's you got to talk to somebody. Numbing. You got to talk to somebody. You got to build a, a community because you have to sobriety do work. cannot thrive in isolation. And you mm. got to build you've got to build a community around you. And maybe that looks like AA and maybe that looks like a support group or maybe that just looks like another sober friend or spouse or neighbor or uh, mom from PTA. Like you build your community and however you need to do that is for you to do. And I think like, like we've said kind of throughout this with multiple things, the, the old way of thinking that there is only one way or there's one path for me doesn't <clears> ring <throat> true. Like I believe that however you get there, you get there. However you tango, you tango. Listen to the music, be present and be willing to get out on the floor and stay out on the floor. That is sobriety in life. You can do it. You will eventually get it down. It'll become rhythmic and you can like evolve and invite other people in and help guide people on your dance. Like, but first get out on the floor, focus, and don't be afraid to fumble because you're already fumbling if you're waking up hungover one day a week. You're fumbling your life. You're already misstepping. You're already off rhythm. So taking risks and trying it again from just a healthier perspective is like, is just my biggest, my biggest advice. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. And listening to, I love how you call it the tick, 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 listening to the tick, tick, ticks. And this is what I really want to encourage anyone. And I'm not like this sober advocate, like everyone needs to be sober. Like I don't think that. I think alcohol can be a, a fun thing in life if you can like handle it. And so, but the thing that I want to encourage people listening is when you know it's coming, when you know it's messing up your life. When you know you have debilitating anxiety and you have so much shame for your actions and you have so much shame for drinking and it's like you're trying to justify it every which way, like you said, work, put it into your work life, like make it where it's like, you know, you have to have it where you can justify it. But like, you know, when you know it in your heart that it has taken over and it is not healthy and it is starting to ruin your life, it's like, you have to listen to that. And so I want to ask you, there's stigma. Everyone's like, but I don't want to be sober. I don't want that title. Now I feel like a loser. Now I feel like I have a problem or not a loser, but like, now I feel like yeah. I, not a loser. You're actually the biggest winner ever by being sober, <laughs> but it's like, 
I don't want that title. I don't want people to like, not feel like they can hang out with me. I don't want the stigma of being, you know, an addict or having to be in recovery. I feel, you know, weaker because I couldn't handle it or, you know, it's like all these things. It's like when people want to jump in, they feel all that. What is your advice to that? And like moving past those thought, those fear thoughts that are going to keep you stuck in the cycle, because it's going to be like, you got this, you got this girl, you can manage this, but it's really like, you know, you can't, but it's like changing your whole lifestyle and stepping into this new person and then having all of the things that you were numbing out hit you at once. That's a lot because now you're having to look, what did you do when you had to look at all these things that you had been numbing out for so long in the eyes and deal with them and feel them to your core and process them? What was that like? How did you overcome the stigma? But then what was on the other side of doing that very hard work? And I want everyone to know when you're doing this hard work, there's going to be days where you feel like you can't do it, where you're struggling and you feel so overwhelmed by all of this that you're like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. This sucks, you know, but like you pushed on and here you are. So like what is on the other side of pushing on, of hitting all this head on, all of your stuff that you've been trying to avoid, the stigma, what is on the other side of doing that? Well, first of all, if you're feeling overwhelmed, that's okay. Cause everything you're saying is true. All those fears that you're scared of are true, but I think that what's also true is the result of losing friends that might honestly not be the best for you. Um, the reality of like, what am I going to do? I won't be able to do the things that I used to do. Yeah, that is probably true, but guess what you can do a lot more. So every fear is valid, true, overwhelming. I mean, I'm not gonna, I I just don't ever want to say like, it's going to be easy. You can do it. No problem. Like it's a hard thing to do, but I would guess that how you're operating right now is probably harder. Navigating hangovers, missteps, the anxiety, the guilt, the shame, the bad self-talk, the turbulence with your partner, the turbulence in your friend group, um, with your the kids. lack of self-work. If, if you have kids, like parenting, feeling like you're not showing up as a parent, all that shame. Absolutely. I can, I would bet that all of that is probably pretty hard to navigate. And if you've been navigating that for this long, you can weather navigating sobriety and the hard truths that come with that. And all of those fears, you are absolutely capable of looking in the eye and figuring out a solution to. So what I had to do and for me, what helped me was just trying to go back to understanding that I'm capable. I am capable of it. I'm capable and I might not know how right now. And there's a book for that or there's a person for that or there's a group for that. And I don't have to know the answers. But what I do know is that I'm capable. And you, like you said, you absolutely leaned into support. That's another thing. Do not isolate. Lean in to all of the resources out there because there are so many. Yeah, absolutely. And knowing what the support looks like is important because there are parts of sobriety, especially in like the first year where I feel like isolation is important for self-preservation, like isolating from people who don't take you seriously, give you those labels that you're scared of having. Um, All of the things that you're fearful of, isolating from people who are going to, you know, are going to give that to you, like peer pressure, a stigma, uh, or going to like an event that you know is going to trigger you to want to drink. Totally. Stay back from that. You're right. Don't do that in the beginning. But leaning into people who are have the same mindset that you either are at or want to be at is important. Like there's like the oldest saying ever where it's like you are who you surround yourself with. And that's really true in sobriety. I think when you're the most malleable and vulnerable at the beginning, like you're clay and let the people around you that you put yourself with, like be who forms like the pot or the vase that you're going to be in. I don't know if that makes sense. It does. It does. does. Okay. Um, So like keeping a support system. And I think really, truly, like, you know, you asked me earlier, what are the things that I like got to know kind of about myself? What was like the coming home like, so to say? And I think that's really what's on the other side of all of this. I know myself way more 
than I've ever known myself. That includes the bad and the good. And I think that there's a power in knowing my weaknesses in a sober mindset because I don't feel owned by them. Mm. I feel like I know them. They're my neighbor. I like know that I probably want to get them out at a certain point. I don't want to live next to them forever, but they're not in my house with me. My problems and my shortcomings aren't the only thing that I have. And when I was drinking, that's what I felt like. And I think that that like release of pressure and that deeper understanding is what's on the other side, along with nights that you remember and no hangovers and Literally, it can be as simple for so many people as just feeling better, like just feeling better. You literally can not want to drink anymore just because you don't want to have hangovers. It really, you are allowed to have it be that simple of an answer. And And the fog, lifting the fog, because when you are in the cycle of alcohol abuse, you are in a constant fog. It's whether like if you're like an alcoholic where it's like maybe you just every time you drink, you get hammered. That's a way one way of doing it where it's like, well, I'm not an alcoholic because I don't really drink. But then every time you drink, you have to get blackout drunk. Well, that is a problem. Or if it's like every time or it's like trying to figure out your day where it's like, okay, let me wake up. And like, where can I figure out my first place to get booze in that makes sense that can justify it? And then so you're whether in the hangover phase into the trying to get the alcohol to like cure the hangover phase then you get to the sweet spot where you get a little tipsy and it's kind of fun but then then it crosses over immediately into the dark place where it's like gone too far whatever cycle you're in it's yeah it's totally just now where am I going with this Kate (laughs) I like literally lost my mind you can still like whatever area you're at like you can step back from it. Like you can set it down. You don't have to date something you don't like. Mm. Like it's real, like that easy. You really don't. And like the fog, I think maybe what you were saying too, is like, it's, you're going to have fog if you have booze. Mm. It, It doesn't matter the level of fog. There are some people who literally can't see in front of them. It's so foggy. And there are some people who are like, is it foggy? I just need to clear my glasses a little bit. And it's like, oh, no, I guess it is foggy. Whatever. I can still go about my day. You're putting fog in your in your way. And don't you want to see with clarity like through life? And if you don't, that's a deeper thing. And guess what? When you're sober and you don't like the things around you, you're so capable of changing that. Even Mm. if it's a marriage, even if it's a relationship, even if it's a house, even if it's the state you live in, a job, job, all of those things that like you wanted to numb or become absent from like can 100% change with clarity. Yes. Yes. What and what I've realized, too, that has been like really amazing on my heart is I always knew I had a like my husband and I had a really beautiful group of friends around us but us choosing to get sober and we've actually had a couple other friends choose to get sober too but like realizing how like loved and supported and like how proud and how amazing all of our friends have been like on that journey and like just like so happy for us to like want to like take this choice because it's making our lives better. It's like, it really lets you know immediately, are you surrounded by good people who want the best for you? Or are you surrounded by people who want you to be this certain way for their benefit of their habits and their lifestyle that they want to live and their, some of their toxic toxicness. It's like, you really know really quickly are the people around me like, are we all rooting for each other's well-being or are we all like helping each other's demise, you know? Totally. Yeah, I think it's like a big thing. I mean, friendships are always, I think, like the biggest fear when you get sober. You're like, am I going to lose all my friends? Or like, what am I going to do with my friends? Like, I <laughs> friends. And friends are so important. But like if it's built on booze, it might sink and that's okay. If if, if your relationship is built on booze and you decide to get sober and become a non-drinker and those friendships sink, that's okay. But if it's built on love, like the friends that it sounds like you're describing, then it'll always float to the top. It doesn't matter what you go through. It doesn't matter if you're not drinking. It doesn't matter if it's built with love and love is a foundation. Um, And don't you just only want to have things around you built on love? Like to me, that just sounds like that's what I want. So let it sink, let it sink and let them maybe regain their base at a later date. You know, just let it sink if it needs to. It's okay. 
This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Tell me about the first few months, and then I'm going to wrap up. Tell me about the first few months. What are absolute necessities to mindset necessities what are how do you need to set your life up for success like what are like i'll say the first three months like because i feel like that's probably really hard to like get through those what are your mindset shifts for success and what how if someone really wants to take this step and really wants to get sober but they're like I don't know how to prepare my life for this. What would you be, what would you say to how to set up for this, how to set up for success versus sobriety? I think one, um, accepting that it's going to be a big change. I think that's the best thing you can do is to be really real and honest with yourself about the change that you're about to go through and that it will be better, but it's going to be a little bit harder first, um, harder to get easier. And I think also just knowing that nobody's, journey looks the same. Sobriety is really like a fingerprint. It's so different. It's really unique to you. And it also evolves with you. So the tools that you use in these first three months, if they're really hard, like let's say you do want to try AA and you like are like, this is really helping me. It's not something I want to do forever. Great. That can be something that you evolve through. You can evolve to going to like a meeting or just talking with your sponsor or If you don't ever want to try AA and you want to Google, there's like a sober girl's guide. There's so many different other alternatives, especially for women who like feel like they maybe not don't connect in AA as much. Um, There's tons of alternatives for that. So I would say in the first three months, just giving yourself grace, being really honest and being willing to try all the tools that you can, Um, not limiting yourself to anything. If it is, there's a possibility that it's going to help you. Um, I really suggest um, pouring out or giving, getting rid of all the alcohol in your house. I mean, for me, it took me a month um, to do that. I didn't drink it. I didn't touch it. It was tucked away. And there was some power in waiting a month because I felt like, okay, I had 30 days and I was like, this is for sure something I'm going to do. And it was really, but there's something really meaningful about pouring something out that for me was really symbolic and it might be really symbolic to anybody else out there. What do you do when you hit a trigger? What do you do when you hit a trigger? Like what, what do you go to where you're like, Oh my God, screw this. I'm done. I can't do it. But you know, you're, you know, you're going to, you know, you want to keep on and you will keep on, but like, but your inner battle saying, Oh, you don't have a problem. Just go back to the way it was. Life was so much easier. Oh my gosh. I know. (laughs) Um, Cause that will happen and it'll happen at any phase. It still happens to me this after almost two years um, and it's okay and it's normal. So one, I'd say be like, take that voice and separate it from yourself and go, got it. I totally hear you. I'm not going to do that, but I understand why you're saying that. And if you don't understand why that's happening, try to talk to that voice and be like, why are you saying that? Is it because I'm bored? Is it because I'm anxious? Try to get to the root. And if you really don't have the patience, time or energy to have that conversation, because I get it, it's a lot. Um, 
my biggest tip is get a drink that you never drink. Like maybe that's a you go to the market and you get like a cherry vanilla cola and you only drink those when you really want to have a treat or you get like a LaCroix or you get a, a De Soie or a Kin or any of these great non-owl alternatives and save that as a special part of your fridge. And when you're feeling triggered, say, I'm going to have this drink first and then I'll come back to see if I really want to have the other drink. And I would bet money that if you sit and you drink any drink that has no alcohol in it and you finish it in 10 minutes, that trigger, if it hasn't fully gone away, it will subside and you'll be able to maybe have that conversation or get ready to like dig into why you're feeling triggered. So basically give yourself a sip and a second that doesn't have alcohol if you're feeling triggered. And, and then also, of it and what, a, I lo- what about also like calling someone who you know is an advocate for you and talking through it or like putting on one of those audio books like you mentioned. Will you mention those titles one more time? Because I feel like that's- you, Yes. Quit Like a Woman by Holly Whitaker and Alan Carr is the easy way to quit drinking without willpower. You can absolutely put those on. I, I also think a really great suggestion is to just, if you don't want to say it to a friend, like let's say you're insecure about your trigger, it's really early on, or it's later in your sobriety and you're really embarrassed that you're having this strong of pull and you don't want to feel any shame, you can say it into a voice note. You can say it into a voice note, but get it out of your system um, and it gets the power of it out. Oh, I love that. You are changing the world so much and you have a podcast called Clear Headed. That's how much you are like committed to this message and this mission. And it's called Clear Headed. Um, it's amazing. It's anywhere you can listen to podcasts. And it's all about like your real time walk with sobriety and your sober self-care podcast. So everyone, so you have episodes all the time. You're covering all sorts of topics. This is another great thing. If you're wanting to get sober, listen to this podcast, clear headed, where you can join in with a real conversation with someone in sobriety, walking through it, going through it, having the struggle, sharing, you don't feel alone. Like these outlets, this is an amazing outlet. And that's, it's, they're out there. Like this is out there for people to have support and thank you for creating the support. Absolutely. I'm so happy to create it. I also have a website called clearheaded.co. We are working, I'm working really hard to give you all the tools to have your best alcohol-free life. That means entertainment. What are good non-al cocktail recipes? What are great tools for your sober toolkit? So check out clearheaded.co if you want um, to spruce up your sober care routine. Amazing. I'm so proud of you, but for you, you and how incredible that you took this leap. And the thing also I want to wrap up with saying is I feel like the, and you said this too, but like the, how capable you feel and how proud you feel and almost like you can literally do anything you set your mind to. If you can get sober and create a life for yourself that is truly your life and thriving. And yes, like we said, it's going to be hard. You're going to have all these mental things that you have to deal with, but you're dealing with that a million times worse. You said it so perfectly. If you're in, if you're under the influence and you're living a drunk life, like you're the, the shame and the struggle is so much harder, at least with sobriety, the payoff is you get to live this life that you were meant to live. You get to, you get to know yourself. You get to be present. You get to be a light. You get to be, you, you get to know your own ability and your own capability and your own strength. And you get to be proud of yourself and look in the mirror and be like, I've fucking love you. Like you are a beast and a warrior. And yes, there's some hard days, but like, look at what you can do. And that to look at yourself and to know that you can do that. I feel like it translates into so many other aspects of life. It's like, if I can do this, it's just fear and like uh, uh, habits and like all these things standing in my way that I can get through. I know I can do this. Do you feel that? It's just like freedom. Totally. Yeah, absolute freedom. And like, you're just removing any kind of limit on yourself, your growth, your potential. And look, try it, try it. And 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 if you if you hate it, listen to an episode and we'll <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> I always wrap up with leave your light. What do you want people to know? 
I will guess our message this whole time is that you're really capable. You are capable of coming to clarity and claiming it as your own and living a life that you want to be present for. You're capable. Freaking love it. Okay, Kat Madry, thank you so much for coming on. Everyone, y'all go check out her podcast, Clear Headed, Your Sober Self-Care, and go to clearheaded.co. Is that right? Yep, that's all right. Thank you so much for joining me. You're amazing. This was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yay. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.